0: The city of Portland has six homes scattered throughout that local residents have been screaming into the void about, just screaming, hey, you got squatters in there, you got meth labs, you got all kinds of stuff going on. Meanwhile, these properties have racked up about $700,000 in unpaid fees for code violations and nuisance complaints. So now the city's going to try and foreclose. Now the real kicker here is these homes are not in default to their lenders where you have most uh, foreclosures take place. This is the city saying, we're going to take these back because these are so bad. Let's get into it. Here we go.
1: It takes only one house to upset an entire neighborhood. We're so burned out at this point. In this case, it's an abandoned Tudor-style home at the end of Southeast Martin Street. Kari lives two doors down. It was a chop shop. There were over 18 people living there. Um, There were children involved. It would not surprise me if there was like a dead body in there, I swear. Now, if you take a closer look, the windows have been broken and the front door has been boarded up. Now, over the past couple of years, police have responded to this home 32 times. And this is just one of six vacant properties the city is now looking to foreclose on.
0: These properties have been identified as causing significant problems for neighbors And they're the subject of multiple and frequent police calls.
1: This week, the city's Bureau of Development Services recommended six properties for foreclosure, including the one on Southeast Martins. Come and get it. We've been waiting.
0: (laughs) Our goal is to minimize the effects and problems these properties create in the community.
1: The six properties reach all corners of Portland. In total, the owners owe more than $700,000 in unpaid fees for code violations and nuisance complaints. But the city can't reach them.
0: Police have been called several times.
1: Adrian lives next to one of the vacant homes in North Portland. He's watched it deteriorate over the years. We worry that the wrong kind of people are going to notice it.
0: There's been a real lack of response from the city to deal with the list of problems that are associated with these abandoned properties.
1: City Council will soon vote on whether to foreclose on the properties. If they vote yes, Oregon law requires them to give the property owner one year's time to reclaim it before they take over. Meanwhile, patience.
0: One year, because this is not a normal foreclosure process. This is not a lender saying, hey, you haven't paid. We're going to, due to the deed, due to the mortgage industry in, instrument, we've got the ability to foreclose. This is because the city is saying, hey, you're a problem, you're a nuisance property, you owe us a whole bunch of fines. This is what we're doing. But the kicker is it's going to take a year.
1: Among neighbors is running thin.
0: It's just really hard for neighbors. It's really hard on the neighborhood. Um, and it just feels like you're screaming into a void.
1: All right, so this week, city commissioners voiced their concerns over how long this foreclosure process takes here in Oregon, and now there are talks of lobbying the state to change some laws to speed up this process. <laughs> so what do you think about
0: the parking? <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole thing, it's so funny. You read all these stories. I read a lot of these news stories, right? And... When things are going their direction, let's speed it up. Let's get this bad boy going. And when it's something like defund the police, oh, let's get rid of the cops right now. And then and then the, the whole defund the police thing didn't work out. We need to get some more cops up in here. Let's get these laws moving along. We need to really get going on this. It, it's like if you would have taken a reasonable, rational approach from the beginning, which is you can't let things go to the point where you have 32 police calls, but the city of Portland is so overburdened with all kinds of shenanigans. We've got shenanigans 10 ways from Sunday going on in Portland right now, because things haven't gotten better. They've gotten actually worse. And so now, as more time goes by, you've got more stories like this that are like, hey, what about those six properties where one of them got 32 calls and you got a meth lab in that one. You got human trafficking in that one. Somebody got raped in that one ten times. You know, just stuff like that. That is that. That's why that woman, the neighbor, a couple of houses down, says it wouldn't surprise me if there's a dead body in there. That's the kind of property that you're talking about. The six properties reach all corners of Portland. The owners owe more than seven hundred thousand unpaid fees for code violations and nuisance complaints. So, from a real estate standpoint. Trying to foreclose on these properties, very difficult. You can have an attorney tie these bad boys up. You know, odds are some of these homes are in the estate process. Somebody's died. You know, there's confusion on who owns it. Who did it go to? There's a group of, you know, and I'm totally guessing. I'm totally making up what's going on because unless I research, but there's always a reason why a property has been vacated. Maybe you got an out-of-town owner that's gone into dementia, but he's they're not dead yet. I've got a property right behind me in Bellevue that I met the woman. God, I hope she's not a podcast. <laughs> I hope she's not watching the podcast from from wherever. But I met her several years ago. I was out mowing my backyard and she came out and she kind of told me her story that she was having, she had um severe case of cancer and she was battling cancer. And uh she'd been taking care of a family member over in Idaho and she'd been kind of coming back and forth. And then this is a few years ago, and then she I I stopped seeing her. Well, somebody shows up at the house and kind of makes sure the lights go on and off as they should and takes the garbage out, what little garbage is generated by basically a vacant home and just basically oversees it. Um, we don't know much more than that. But it these homes are, you know, kind of along those lines, with the exception of they don't have somebody it's like looking after them looking you know and and these homes unless they have massive renovation they may have you know negative equity they may you know the fact that their structures are still standing might have negative value because then you got to bring the the d8 in you got to bring the caterpillar in and scrape you know the homes from their foundations and that costs money so the fact that there's homes on these properties where squatters are living that's not a plus sometimes so so as the woman said, it was a chop shop with over 18 people living there. I'm sure that's not a problem. There were children involved and we had to get DHS involved. Said Carrie, who lives two doors down and has worked with the neighborhood to mitigate some of the problems there. It would not surprise me if there was a dead body in there. I swear, she added. Ah, me neither. It it really wouldn't. It, that's. At a At a closer look, the windows are broken and the front door has been boarded up. In just the past couple of years, Portland police have responded to their property 32 times. But there's a system that properties like this have to go through. And, you know, in Oregon, it's a year. And you know what? That's if things just fly through. If you've got an attorney involved and they get in there and they say, hey, we're objecting to this. We're objecting to this. We are bringing the the violations back up. We're going to secure the property. They don't do anything. They don't spend any money. Think it just draw out forever, right? Forever. So it's just one of the six vacant properties the city is now looking to foreclose on. These properties have been identified as causing significant problems for neighbors, and they are the subject of multiple and frequent police calls, said Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler at a recent city council meeting. All right, but you know what? Some of the folks that are calling and complaining on these properties they are one and the same that voted the whole defund the police, measure 110, all of the end result of that voting is that you've got a bunch of whacked out drug addicts doing super cheap drugs, and they're the ones in there destroying these homes. Now, you're going to have squatters in any community, but the squatters in Portland, particularly nasty because you've got that whole fentanyl thing, and you've just got this this kind of social norm where just let them be, they're fine. And then neighbors are saying, hell no. And then the rest of the city, the rest of the community is like, yeah, it's fine. You know, the squatters, they're not really hurting anything. And that's when you see they burn down the commercial building in downtown, right? I mean, we all see those stories. The city's Bureau of Development Services recommended six properties for foreclosure including the one on Southeast Martins. It's a move neighbors have been waiting for. Our goal is to minimize the effects and problems these properties create in the community, said Kevin Foster, Portland's foreclosure prevention manager. But He's the prevention manager. Don't we want to proactively engage in a foreclosure here? It seems as though we do. The six properties reach all corners of Portland. The owners owe more than 700 k in fees. However, the city has not been able to reach them. that does happen. Adrian, who lives next door to one of the vacant properties in North Portland, has watched the place deteriorate over the years. We worry that the wrong kind of people are going to notice it and move in, he said. Well, that is a legit concern. But again, you wouldn't have these crazy nut job people in your community if you hadn't gone out of your way to enact Measure 110, defund the police, Encourage 150 something nights of rioting in downtown Portland. You got a lot of nut jobs in the community that wouldn't be there otherwise, but you have actively encouraged those types of people to set up in your community to live in tents wherever willy nilly they want, just doing all the shenanigans that we know take place in tents. You know, stolen goods, human trafficking, you know, sex trafficking, all of that good stuff it comes and goes with the whole tent thing and drugs and and all of that. So there's been a real lack of response from the city to deal with the list of problems that are associated with these abandoned properties, added another neighbor who did not want to be identified. There are so many shenanigans happening in Portland right now that the city can only get to so many. They they literally can't get to the whole thing. Oh, you got six properties need to be foreclosed? Yep, we're on it. That'll be done in a week. No, because normally that type of foreclosure process is going to take forever. And when you've got limited resources, like most cities do right now, their budgets are, I mean, how many of the sanctuary cities do we hear currently of their cutting their budget for services to taxpaying individuals so that they can keep funding the illegal immigrants and their housing and their medical and all of the, you know, money-associated things, resources that are required to keep people going because they have no way to support themselves other than criminal activity or working illegally. Yeah, but go ahead. Be a self-proclaimed sanctuary city, and I'm sure it'll be fine. Just bring all those folks into your neighborhood. It'll be good. It'll be good. Portland City Council will soon vote on whether to sell the properties. If they Well, that's, you got to foreclose on them first, people. You got to foreclose on them first. And you gotta get, you gotta take possession of them first. Possession is nine tenths of the law. Well, in foreclosure, it's one hundred percent of the law because that's the law that you're relying upon, right? If they vote yes, Oregon law requires them to give the property one year to reclaim it before they take over. Somebody within, somebody within the, those chains of title is gonna take is gonna take ownership because even a lot, even a lot, a single building lot. In a crappy neighborhood of Portland, that's gonna run you what? 150? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not an appraiser. I'm not licensed in Oregon, but I'm gonna say new construction is probably somewhere six, 700 grand. So you're gonna be 200 grand for a lot, something along those lines. Am I that far off? Real estate peeps in Portland, let me know. And in a nice neighborhood, you know, you could be four, 500. Just, you know, the numbers, they are what they are. Meanwhile, patience among neighbors is running thin. We're not we don't have a lot of patience. You gotta board those bad boys up and um put some people on them. But there again, what people are gonna go on these houses? Oh yeah. Your job, community member, is to um you gotta you gotta all these six homes here in town. Yeah, it's your job. Keep the bad man out. Keep the shenanigans from happening at these properties. Good luck with that, right? Good luck with that. It's really hard in the neighborhood. It just feels like you're screaming into a void, said the anonymous neighbor. Well, when you let stuff like this happen and you have influences like this come into your community, super cheap drugs, just let everybody live wherever the F they want. Tent, no tent, doesn't matter. Just let them do whatever because you're so compassionate towards them. This is the end result. This is the I told you so moment. This kind of shenanigans, this is what you end up with, period. Because you don't see this kind of stuff happening in Republican run cities, do you? Not to this extent. You're going to have some homelessness. You're going to have people down and out on their luck. I've been following the whole Oklahoma city, and they have really got a handle on their homelessness. And it's kind of this grassroots community. There's 14 different Entities all involved, and they're able because they've got the resources to do it and it's a priority. They're able to keep their streets clean and keep homelessness down to a minimum. And then you don't have people that need to be squatting in a home doing drugs because drugs aren't legal there in Oklahoma City. And I use Oklahoma City because that's a city that I follow because my parents live there. And Oklahoma City's got its problems, a lot of other cities do. But when you don't allow these shenanigans to happen in the first place, then you don't have to deal with them extrapolated over six homes that God knows who, where the owners are. Are they in a nursing home? Are they dead? Is it in probate? Is it in, tied up in some kind of lawsuit? Are they going to be developed down the road? You, know, you, you, just, you just don't know. Any of those would be viable reasons. For somebody not doing anything with them. Maybe they're going to tear it down in the near future and they could care less. Yeah, we got some fines on the property. Don't care. Just gonna pay them and move on. But more than likely, if you can't get a hold of, you know, somebody over that period, there's some extenuating circumstances going on, right? City commissioners have voiced their concerns over how long the foreclosure process takes in Oregon. And there are talks of lobbying the state to change laws. To speed up the process. I love it. I love it. This this isn't going in our favor. We need to change it. Pronto. Now. No more shenanigans for us. Oregon and particularly Portland have so many of these major issues going on that they, they can't address them all at once. And they can address only a handful at once because they don't have the resources. To basically take care of it, and a lot of cities are facing the same thing. They're facing budget shortfalls, and if they have been, you know, sanctuary cities, they're facing some big budget shortfalls. They are just going from day to day, trying to figure out, all right, where's money going to come from to pay for these hotels? Where's money going to come from to pay for these food? Oh, the food—they're—they're not eating the food. Let's give them debit cards. Oh, let's give them three thousand dollars in debit cards just as they come into the country. You know, all of these crazy things we've got going on. And then you've got shenanigans like this, right?